podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Hull from Twickenham CC. Um, we're at the halfway point of the campaign, uh, so uh, plenty for us to look back on. And I think we'll say a few words about uh, what's happening this week. And I'm quite keen to pick the brains of my um, co-pilot here, Sarah Ali from North London, uh, about whether what we're seeing now in terms of the first half is what we expected. So, um, Sarah, you going well? Hold on, I'm just checking the Daily Star one minute, mate. Yep, <laughs> heat, heat wave on its way, I've been told. The Daily Star has been absolutely perfect so far. It's the oracle in it terms is. of weather. Yeah, as I said, yeah. forget your apps, forget the BBC website and all these fancy presenters on TV. Just go to the Daily Star. So, they're, yeah, heat wave is coming, mate. So we could get 10 wow. weeks of almost uninterrupted cricket by Saturday. So exciting. Brilliant. Yeah, quite tough for the umpires. You know, got to get those hats on. Got to yeah. get your water in you if you're out there yeah, for 100 yeah, overs. Be well rehydrated and, yeah, that's fine. But, yeah, yeah so, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, another week of uh, sun and cricket this weekend. Well, next weekend, actually, I should say. Yeah. While I think about it, we're recording on Monday night this week, so a day later than normal. And I, I've not seen much of this today, but we've got another cracker of a Test match finish on, haven't we? Oh, listen. I mean, how has it changed so much? Has it? I mean, is it is it the new approach Bonkers, from McCullum? I don't know. Is it confidence we're inside? I mean, best though. What a play at the moment. Um, just playing every yeah. game like a T20 almost. Where you go, that's about confidence. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I mean, it's a bit too early. There's a lot of cricket to be played still, but it just sets up a fascinating day. And from what I gather, they, I think it's free tickets tomorrow. They have to make a donation to Bob Willis um, Fund or some kind of Ooh. foundation. That is. But so they've all been sold already for tomorrow. So it'll be a full house, um, good weather hopefully, and an entertaining last day of cricket. Yeah, either way, a good four hours worth of cricket there. Um, it's going to be. If four hours, it might be less than that if Bearstow and, and Root get going again. But I'd, I'd have thought it's you know it's worth a punt, isn't it? Going down for nothing and chucking a few quid into a bucket. Yeah, it definitely. sounds brilliant. Good, good. Um, moving back to uh, the county league, we've um, again had a full week week's worth of action. Lots to be uh, discussed here, um, and we have a new leader in the Prem Sal, I believe. Yeah, I mean North Mid done the business at home. Uh, you look at their side, and you look at the side. I mean, so I think they put their teams out on a Friday night on, on Instagram. So I looked and I thought, hmm, missing, you know, some big names here, like no Van der Spar, no um, Joe Hughes seemed to be injured now at the moment. Uh, Evan Flowers wasn't down either, so I thought it might be a struggle. But you know what? Mm. Credit to them, they've come through and now lead, lead the table at the halfway stage. 31 run victory over Tenderton. Fantastic result. 2 and 9 all out. Um, Hassan Khan, who joined, I think last year it was. You know, he's, yep. he's, a, he's a league legend, you know, top man. And we're dying to get him on the podcast one day, so hopefully he will come on eventually. Um, yeah, he... he that sounds he, a magician, doesn't he? He's a, he's he's a magician he's, too. He's more than ambition, mate. He's got many strings up his sleeves, as, he, as he'll show or talk to us when he comes on eventually. Um, but yeah, great, yep. great, great performance. He got 57, and that was a key innings because um, 209 doesn't look a big score, but I think the wicket was turning. Um, and it also helps when you've got another Middlesex player who can come and turn up for you and play on Saturday. So this week it was a turn of Ethan Bamba. Um, he took through for 83. So that sort of saying that you reap what you sow is evident at North Middlesex because, you know, they the night before they had three of their guys playing in a T20 game and Cracknell, Joe Cracknell, Luke Homan and Max Harris made his debut, which must be a great achievement for all the people behind the scenes who put all them efforts in, you know, in the long hours of the juniors to see three of their boys playing at Lords. Um, Ethan obviously had the day off and rocked up at Park Road instead and took proof of 33. And 
also the key wicket of Abhishek she- Junjun Wala, who got out first ball. Um, mm. So, yeah, as I said, yeah, that does make a difference getting him out. He's been. Oh, yeah. massively. Because Harry Evans is sort of like his counterpart, who's been scored heavily, also, um, you know, chipped in with good innings. Uh, but as I said, um, it was the turn of Bamba. And along with spin as well, Alex McQueen and Jem Warner took three wickets each um, to see Tennington all out and give. That's a North Mid a lead at, at the halfway stage. So, congrats to North Mid. Just want to add Abdullah Nazir um, took five wickets for Tennyson mm. in the innings of North Mid. So, yeah, Spinners had a good day generally at Park Road, but overall it was the North Mid boys who were celebrating afterwards. Yeah. I think Nazir flies under the radar a bit. He's not one of their superstars, but I mean, I've got his stats in front of me, but he chips in and he chips in in a reasonably understated way with the ball. Um, so, you know, it's another example of, of Tennyson having a, you know, a good all-round squad. Didn't quite work for them this week, but it's worse work for them most weeks. Um, I don't know quite, so, what, quite a low score, not low score, in 209 not a low score, but given that we've had quite a few scores north of 300, mm. um, it, it sort of does stand out, doesn't it? Um, that, that it, it wasn't a shootout, really. Do you reckon that was down to the wicket, maybe? Or was it down to the bowlers just stepping up to the plate? Or was it was the batting not quite where it has been for, for both sides in previous weeks? Or a mixture of the above, all the above? No, I'd say mixture. And maybe, I mean, also different balls use, isn't it? They're not using the pink ball anymore, are they? So they're, they're changeable. No, has, right. has that affected um, sort of how games turn out in the end? But, um, I mean, that's the kind of game where you don't want to like a ridiculous 340 for five and the other team just knock up and get a draw. This sounds like a really entertaining game, the kind of game that, yep. you know, if you're watching it, you're, you're probably thinking... You know who's who's going to who's going to come out on top, and in the end, as you said, North Mid just came out on top. But yeah, um, yeah. you know, Tennington still in it, and I'm sure they're smarting and looking to get back on a winning show next week against your boy Stan. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be too if they were if I were in Tennington shoes, I wouldn't be too disappointed about playing us next. Our record against Tennington is not very good, and we're not having the best of seasons ourselves. So yeah, they have an opportunity there. I feel to get back on the the horse, but we, we will see. Uh, my comment about the, the, the scores, well, you know, when Ethan Bamber turns up, that's not going to weaken the bowling, is it either? No. Um, so so yeah, him taking three wickets obviously makes makes a difference there. Um, Tennington's still second. The Bush remain third, though. Uh, winning, only winning draw. Yeah. So only, because given the form they've been in, they might be a little bit disappointed with that. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Because they had a great little sort of start to the time period, um, but were denied by Richmond. Richmond are a dogged kind of side, aren't they, you know? Um, yeah. And um, so Richmond and Bush come up with a winning draw. Um, Joe Carrasco, who's had a fantastic scene this year, another 50 for him, uh, along with a bunch of captain Andrew Wilson, who also scored 50. Um, all out for 2-6-1. Matt Dickinson took 4-37 for Richmond. I think Richmond found it really tough going. I mean, most sides will find it tough going against Bush's attack this season. We've mentioned it on many many occasions in the past about such a good seam attack. And this week, it was turn one. The spinners, Ali Easton, um, he took four wickets. So, as I said, um, I think the run rate was probably climbing, you know, quite sort of quite frequently. Wickets were falling. Um, Richmond were in trouble at one point, but um, two two of their guys sort of lower down the order. Um, will Hunt, he scored uh, innings of 53. And then along with Sam Shaw, he also scored 64. So um, those two sort of saved the day, which we ended up in 2 7 for 8. Yeah, I mean, I followed it a little bit and, um, you know, mostly through the, just the scorecard updates. But I'd, um, I never quite felt that Richmond were going to get there. But I also never quite felt they were going to be bowled out either. So I guess the logical conclusion there is you, you take the strain and, and, and settle for a losing draw. And as you say, you know, losing draw against the Bush is, um, in the great scheme of things, not the worst result in the world. No, definitely not. As I said, they, they, they've been rampant so far. Um, so to sort of halt them for a week or so is probably giving Richmond a bit, a bit more confidence, I imagine. Um, yeah. And they'll look to sort of move on next week. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, fourth place, Stanmore. So, um, so this game confuses me, Sal. If you'd have said to me, name the side that's going to score the highest total in all 20-plus divisions of the Middlesex County Cricket League, I probably wouldn't have said Hornsey. But their, their 323-4 against Stanmore is the highest score anywhere. Um this uh, over the last weekend, which is pretty impressive given that they haven't won a game yet, right? Yeah, I mean, it seems the wicket was pretty conducive for batting conditions looking at what both sides yep. scored, but still, um, yeah, I mean, that, Mac Jenkins overseas, he, he's, he's got runs early in the season. He, he looks, he's ticking. Yeah, yeah, he looks one of the players they, they look to, I mean, fantastic in 131. And shame Tom White, who scored 97, couldn't get his, the, the league time that he's probably looking to get. But as he's mentioned, both of them contribute to, to you know, quite a big total. Um, but I mean, the common's not a massive ground, you know. Um, and yeah. if someone gets in; it can can be a ground we can chase sort of scores down. And you know, they do they do have a guy we mentioned quite regularly on the pod, um, Steve Ryan Gold. He scored sixty eight. But it's two other bats, batters who really sort of led the fight back: um, Michael Levitt and Chris Patel. Um, Levitt scored eighty two. Chris Patel ninety three. I did sort of catch someone who um, stuff on YouTube as quick clips, and it seemed like Hornsey were almost. Having everyone on the boundary at one point, which you can obviously in, right. the, in these in these um, format in the format of the time time conditions, um, but then um, J- um, Josh Haynes, one of the new new players that joined, the took four wickets and uh, Stan White settled for two nine nine for seven. So yeah, Hornsey, well done to those guys. Um, yep. I think we're enjoying this sort of slowly, slowly making progress, aren't they? I mean, it's not enough at the moment because they need wins, not draws, really. But it's it's it's, it's slow steps, and for them, the next step will be hopefully a win. Yeah, and if you can't win, don't lose. Yeah, uh, and you know they they come out of that with the majority of the points, which is is the second is the second prize, isn't it? So that's that's something. Um, uh, at Twickenham Green, uh, there was no second prize, as I believe I've said in the past. There was a first prize, and that went to Crouch End, and I think we were about tenth in that game because we were miles away. It, it doesn't look like that, but it felt like that watching it. I mean, what what did you make of what you saw there, Crouch End winning easy at our place? Yeah, I saw caught some um, action from that again on, on YouTube. Um, I mean, you guys eight take for two at one point. Seemed in decent. Yeah, position. good start. Yeah, yeah. you know, looked pretty yeah, solid. Start. But um, you know, the spinners came on and changed the game, didn't they? Um, the trio yeah. of Raps, Karana, Natsum, Sam, and the captain here on the side sort of took the wickets and you're one ninety or that. Now it's a score you defended in the past, and a green. I mean, more than once or twice you've done that. Um, but you came across a super batsman who's in amazing form and in, in its job. You know what? So I'm going to say something that you've never thought of here. That Joe Curtis is a player. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone had any doubts, just take it from me. I watched him back for quite a long time Saturday, and he made it look pretty easy. I have to say, he was pretty damn impressive. I mean, he, he took a pipe attack, didn't he? I was watching. I mean, yeah. look at the bowling figures afterwards. It's just like almost like a T20 game for him. You know, one twenty off yeah. ninety four balls. I mean, home inside eight, 28 overs. I mean, it was a masterclass of batting. And actually, he's not. You know, he, some might think he's a slugger, but he's not. He plays proper shots. He hits the ball hard. He knows his areas, you know, he's a top quality batter. Yep. And these left-handers, when they get in, there's a natural elegance to left-handers. And I can't explain why. Maybe it's angles. Yeah. Maybe it's something to do with that. that um, but he, he was on cruise control. You know, it's one of those innings where he could have been asleep for half of it. Yeah. He looked that cool and casual and, and, and relaxed. And, I mean, our bowlers are struggling a bit and... and, and um, uh, Monty didn't play at the weekend, but uh, I don't. I don't care. You know, he's he's, play, he's playing against some competent bowlers, and he's making them look like they're you know they're fifth eleven cricketers at times, which is a bit of a wake up call. But it's also 
um, sort of further evidence that this this guy is is a cut buff, and um, we, we we were just nothing but impressed by him, really. I mean, listen, the, the, what you can take from me is not the first team we've done this to. This is fourth league, yes, fourth, that's, fourth that's league hundred season. So you know, four league hundred out of nine leagues is not a bad sort of a attempt so far, is it? So um, he's now scored five hundred and nine runs, which is a pretty impressive return um, as we go into week ten. Yep, absolutely. It's a bit. I'm sorry for you, Dan. Uh, um, Australian team dominate our, our batting division in the Prem so far. We've got uh, quite a few Aussies that may not occupy the, uh, the key positions in, in the run scoring charts. So that does say something, doesn't it, about the return of overseas players this season as well. Yeah, and Australian cricket, despite the fact it's not where it was 15 years ago, it was never going to be where it was 15 years ago because they had the side of a generation. But they still produce good cricket, doesn't it? It shows how strong that grade format is back in, back in Australia. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, and the final game that involved uh, Hampstead scoring a few runs, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about digging, digging the day later, but I mean, it was a fantastic effort from Ealing in the end. I mean, Hampstead um, amassed 304 for 9 or 65. I mean, some might say that why'd go on for so long, but um, I read a few conversations with Ben this afternoon, Ben yeah. Fraser, and he just said, you know, we're putting, we're putting um, so the onus is on the side to bowl us out or chase down what we, what we put up. Um, and in, in the context of the game, you think about it, they did the right thing, really. I mean, they scored uh, 4 for 9 or um, 100 for Kieran Johnson, 145, and Steve McGiffin, the overseas, scored 54. Um, and when you've got your position down with 22 overs to go and then 9 down, you do think you made the right choice, really, don't you, thinking about it? In, in retrospect, it wasn't obviously the case because Martin and Harry Stowe blocked out for 22 overs. Um, and also recorded the highest partnership of the game, which was 34, or in near innings, not in obviously Hampton's innings. Um, ben Lockrows, these are not for bad figures, are they? 20 overs, 11 maidens, 5 for 19. Um, Decent enough, aren't they? Decent enough. <laughs> but it was a real. I mean, and Ben did say they, they dropped a couple of catches. Um, oh dear. So, you know, the game could well have been won. Um, so, yeah. anyone who sort of thinks why they declare so late, again, if you if you're said, for the game, you've got 20 overs to bowl the last pair out, you'd take that every week in, week in, week out, wouldn't you, really? Well, I think that's quite important to know. If, if... You know, folks always judge declarations at the end of the game. And I just think that's, that's silly. Judge it when it's made. Does it feel like an appropriate declaration at the time? You could lose. That probably means it's an OK declaration if you lose by, you know, three or four balls. Um, or you could win at a canter. Um, you just don't know, though, halfway through. And given where Hampstead are in the league, given who they're playing, and given the fact that their bowlers did really well, I mean, who's to say that an extra three overs would have made any difference? They were back, you know, they batted 22. They could probably bat at 25 by the sound of it. Yeah. To me, declaration-wise, no issues to be discussed, really. It, it, it's just that Ealing, the Ealing players did pretty well at the end. I mean, also, you mentioned the fact they've, you know, they've got Robbie Rob, Rob White playing, you know, who's his you know, yeah. player, Ollie Walken. And, I mean, Hampstead is, is rapid outfield, Um you know, it's either going to be four or one when it goes off the bat there, isn't it? So, you know, three fifty could almost yeah. sorry, three or four almost could be like two fifty on most on most grounds. Um yeah. so I mean there were runs for one leading players, I guess from last week Luke Stout had scored fifty four. So good to see it continue his good season form this year. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um so Sal of um, I don't know if you can remember the predictions we made at the beginning of the season, um, but I think we started off pretty strongly, to be honest, and neither of us had North Middlesex as, as winning the league. I'm sure we both agreed that we thought they were going to win the mix, but um, you would have been right if we'd done this this time last week. You went for Teddington. Yes, I, uh, I, I went for Ealing. So, um, yeah, 
not not quite um, in the right place to be challenging at the top of the table, um, but certainly not at the worst season either. They're, they're, they're happily mid-table. So as things stands, we are both uh, on a big fat zero in terms of uh, predictions. But of course, it's not the end of the season. It's only halfway through. So yeah, you went tennis and I went for Ealing. North mid are top. What about Division 1? Bronsbury. Back to winning ways. Um, mm, and they're delighted nice, nice yeah. with that, weren't they? Um, comfortable win against um, Richmond Hill by several wickets. Um, and, and then uh, Shock took, scored 74, um, which won, so, and that made Tipness uh, uh, the sort of Indian overseas player who's come with some really good runs recently, scored 53. Familiar names on this pod this year, aren't they? They're both consistent. It's true, it's true. And, and two names that always keep coming up in terms of bronze is Adam Copley, took the fire for her, um, as which we all, all out for 176, and then James Grady, the overseas, and another overseas, we keep mentioning the overseas players this year, um, scored 71 as. Um, James Overy's side was home comfortably. So, yeah, they, they'll be happy going into week 10 at the halfway mark, um, back in pole position, or in pole position still. That wasn't actually um, off it. But there's a side on their heels in Shaper House at Mary's who had a real, uh, as you might call it, um, down a nicker gripper. That's the term we like to use. A nicker gripper, yep. Yeah, yep. You know, I mean, low scoring game indeed at uh, House at Mary's. Osterley all out for 49. A lot of wickets falling there, aren't there? It's, it's a funny old school point. Yeah, I mean, 49 all out, um, Osterley. And you kind of think it's all over and done and dusted. But, you know, Osterley, we know what they're like. They're like a corner tiger sometimes, aren't they? They came out fighting. Yep. Had them, how's it, missed 20 for five. Um, with five wickets for Fahim Berharami. But um, Sam Blenner has mm-hmm. it. Sort of held his nerve. And all he needs is one player to get into their teens, don't you, really, in that situation. He scored 18 not out as um, Harrison Reid squeezed home by three wickets and are now three points behind Brunsbury. Yeah, I mean, three points as well. That's, that's really not too far away. I mean, this is this is certainly the top two places are, are pretty close. Um, and take a deep breath before I ask this next one, Sal. What happened? I, I looked at North London's start and I thought they're on, they're on for another um, 12 points in this case. But it didn't go, didn't go that way, did it? Ultimately, no. um, you guys came second back. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. Uh, but you're going to get these kind of games, aren't you, where someone's it happens, changing, yeah, it it changing the game, doesn't it? You know, I'm sure we'll have a situation where we do the same. So, yeah, I mean, we looked in a great position at one point. Barnes are 1 to 8 for 8. Um, yeah. But the 100 from Oscar Welton came in number 7, just changed the game. Um, and, I mean, previously, I was talking to the guys in the clubhouse on Saturday. Previously, he hadn't scored maybe over 20 from what it sounds like. So, you know, he has he had this sort of um, day in the sun, as they say. Um, scored a hundred, and then we were sort of struggling forty for four. Barnes really bowled well. Um, we had some sort of cameos, but you know, when you're chasing to score over two hundred, you need someone to get fifty sixty to win you the game, and that never happened. So um, lose by thirty six runs, but you know, the, the move was pretty, you know, fine. You know, we're we're in third place, we're at halfway stage. Um, we'll, we'll take that as a side that you know got promotion and not to move into week ten and you know get a better result. Yeah, and what was diagnosed the problem there? Because as you say, I noticed that you you know you had Barnes on the rack a bit. Um, deserve to give Barnes a bit of credit, but the sound of it, they, they they fought back into it. And I guess once the momentum turns, it can be quite hard to 100%, stop. Percent, you know. I mean, they, they, they were sitting near the bottom of the table prior to the game, so we're delighted with the win to take them up the table a bit. But yeah, you know, I mean, the, the wicket was a bit a bit juicy, a bit of bounce in the wicket. Um, but they seemed to bowl a bit better than we did in some regards. I mean, I think our spinners didn't bowl as well. They bowled a season, um, and that. Led mm-hmm. to Barnes getting away, but as I said, credit to Oscar Wilson first of all for coming in and scoring a, a league century, and then to, to the Barnes attack, which thought you know worked well together as a group and you know sort of restricted us to to where we finished on in the end. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, 
I guess Finchley made up a bit of ground on you, haven't they? Finchley, uh, they won at Wembley. Sounds relatively convincingly, six-wicket try. Yeah, I mean, I mean Wembley's, when we had the shopping on early on in the season, he did speak mm. about their sort of worlds and their batting and their frailties. They had a great start again. You know, Murray Woodsby scored 68, um, Kilgrange 51. But then when the wickets start falling, they seem to keep falling at Wembley, which is a concern, I'm sure, yep. as they go into the second half of the season. All that for 192. Um, you know, league legend Dave Burton. The guy, he doesn't stop, does he? He's just like on Jewish or Bradford. No, he keeps going. You know, I love to see what um, his, his diet consists of. He's amazing. You know, 451. Yeah. Um, and the response was led by Gishan uh, Herath, 57. Obviously, Caleb James scored 45. Um, set them on their winning way. So, they're, they're back on the winning trail. They're into fourth. Only four points by North London. So, there's a little group at the mm-hmm. top, as I said, early in the season, which I think would happen in this league, where it does sort of tend to split. Um, where you've mm-hmm. probably got a group of five and a group of five at the bottom maybe sort of fighting things out, um, which does seem to be the case. Yeah. And also, I mean, because you've had a decent run, you, you, you've got more room to deal with a slip-up. And, you know, you slip up, Finchley, Finchley win, but you're still above them. So, I mean, I, I get the point. There's now a win, uh, you know, a win gap between the first and second, but I'd be pretty surprised if, if there isn't the odd surprise you know, in, in the second half of the campaign. So uh, it's, a, it's a cliche. It's frequently used, but it's because it's true. It's still all to play for. You've got nine weeks worth of cricket. A lot can change. So positive mindset, probably a good thing to have. Yeah, I agree. And you, you, you've got sides, you've got all got match winners in their teams. You know, even somebody speaking yeah. about Enfield, Tony says, you know, I'm sure him being in the side probably maybe affected Sahil's decision in, in declaring off 51 overs. There's another thing where you talk about declarations. Acton, you know, yeah. back to first two, yeah. five, one for eight. 51, uh, Lucas Carlos 70, and Divyanshi Bhatia, sorry, Bhatia 51. Yeah. Um, Enfield just never in a hunt, were they really? Were they? I mean, one, two, four, yeah. seven. Um, two of the young lads actually, um, Harry Wilkins and Dan Norton, batted really well and took him to one, six, seven, six, six for seven. So, does mm-hmm. an individual affect your decision making? Be interested to know because that is a good question, and I think every captain who says no. Is giving you their answer, the answer they would like you to believe, because it, it has to, or, yeah. or it's at least in the consciousness, because you know that Tony Sayers gets in, he's going to cause carnage pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so I do think individuals make a difference. But I'd always, again, I said it before, judge that declaration halfway through, um, and, and what's in front of you, not what's behind you, because uh, too many people will, will criticise captains when you know it's, it's a gut feeling. It, there's no science to yeah. it, because if there were, then the game would be really dull. And also within that, within that side, there's some experienced players in there. So it's not something that, yeah. you know, he just decided upon himself. I'm sure he's taken some kind of, you know, um, you know, counsel from people within him. And, you know, as I said, you know, say that we speak about, he's a very disruptive player. And if he does get in, he could destroy an attack. But if you get him early, I do feel the infield batting is a bit sort of um, brittle in some ways. You know, they are um, struggling to score runs on, on the whole. So... As you said, it's one of those ones that toss the coin, really, isn't it, I suppose? Yep, absolutely. Um, not much point in glossing on predictions in this division, either. So, um, you went for Finchley and I went for Acton. Okay. Um, and, of course, neither of those are top. Bronsby are. And Sahil uh, went for Bronsby. Now, he, he knows the division better than most. Perhaps that's the, the, the insider info coming through. But, I mean, it's not a massive surprise that Bronsby are near the top. Um, and I don't think Finchley, Finchley or Acton were, were completely untoward guesses either. But can't, can't sort of... Um, uh, uh, disguise the fact that both of our predictions so far have been wrong. But um, we move on. Maybe there's one right in the corner um, that will be a bit more positive. Division 2, well, Harrytown have the biggest gap between any first place and second place team. They're now 22 points 
ahead of Southgate. You know, this is getting the sta- to the stage where um, you're almost beginning to ask how many wins do they need before promotion is, is secured? Because they're 26 points ahead of Highgate, who are third. Now, we're not at that stage yet, but if the results keep going that way, then, um, you know, we, we, we might end up we might end up getting there quicker than we might normally have expected. Um, they um, they beat uh, Southampton um, by 49 runs, so a, a you know relatively clear margin, and I, I think they'll you know that they'll be pretty happy with that. They scored two four eight for eight declared after 49.1. I don't understand that, Sal. Yeah. You might as well take the five balls, Interesting, right? Interesting, yeah. Because yeah, because you're not going to get any extra overs by just declaring you know whoever the number. Uh, tend to, uh, assuming they're at the ground, whoever they are, just tell them to go in and have five balls yeah. of fun because even if they're both out, it doesn't affect anything. But anyway, there we go. There may be odd context that explains that. Um, South Amsterdam, 199 all out. So gave it a decent chase, as is their way. Um, and uh, But they came up ultimately setting, um, setting best. South Amsterdam then fifth, so not, not a million miles away from it. They're only um, you know a game or so away from Southgate. In, uh, in in second. Have you seen South Amsterdam this year, Sal, that, you, that you've not come across them on any of your own? No, I haven't. No, no, no. But I'm, I imagine, like no. you said, they're, they're quite a dangerous side, aren't they? On their day. Well, I, th- I, th- I think they've been slowly improving, actually. I think they had a bit of a ropey start. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're a, a side to, to keep an eye on. I think come week 17, 18, they might just have cruised up a little bit higher in um, in, in that table. Um, worth noting, 116 for Sanjay Mishra. Uh, and Chai Katfara, six for 67. Always a good a good turnaround there to see Harrow Tain through. Um, Southgate, they, they got B. Um, East Coast came out on top there. Um, Trent Keep, arguably the, the star of the show, um, he got uh, 110. Uh, you know, pretty Im- impressive stuff. Although Southgate scored 256, um, which I think is, is, is by most accounts a decent score. And, and, and East Coast got there with, uh, with with eight balls to spare. So uh, a fair amount of runs scored and um, and East Coast will be pleased with the win. Puts them above Southampton and they too are slowly moving north. They're, they're now, I should say, fourth and they're just a nine points behind um, uh, behind Southgate in second. So interesting one to, to keep an eye on there. Um, also, good win for, for Highgate and a good win for Ealing Trailfinders, um, uh, which which I think they'll be very relieved about. Um, MTSSC, on the other hand, they're, um, yeah, they're, they've got to be worried about things. Think Things are not looking so good for them. Ealing Trailfinders beat them quite convincingly by 76 runs, so that's basically 9th v 10th, and Trailfinders are now 13 points ahead of um, MTSSC. Now, when you're at the top, 13 points is eminently doable, but 13 points when you're not winning at all, bit more of a challenge. So I, they're not gone, Sal, but I'd be quite surprised if, if MTSSC could, could turn that one uh, could turn that one around. Indian Gym, probably a side they've got an eye on, though. They're, they are struggling a bit. They were the side that Highgate beat by three wickets. Can you remember your prediction for Division yes, 2, mate. Sal? So this one, actually, I'm happy about. It's um, Harrowtown. Actually, it gets better from here onwards. It gets better from onwards, actually. So, yeah, I went for Harrowtown in this one. Yeah, I'm, I think I better stop doing this. I'm not interested in how, hearing how your predictions are good and mine are just rubbish. <laughs> I'm not a much success at all here. But yeah, Harrowtown, you went for them, and that's that's a good call. I went to Southampton, and I still think they'll be in the mix, but they're not. Um, they're not at the moment. Worth noting, um, Robbo, Ealing Trailfinders. Yeah. Sahil, Ealing Trailfinders, yeah. ninth. So um, you know, everyone feeling down and, down and out about my predictions. Um, I, I remember those two. Division three. What happened there? Wickham House still going well, right? Yeah, I mean, they, 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 the rain started to catch. Um, Hamza's side are on a good run. Um, and yep. I'm sure they'll be looking to sort of continue as we go into week uh, week 10. It's, it's 
it's that's a, it's a quite a tough division that one I think. Um, it's not as easy as Cordial yeah. as I would say, but at the minute they do seem to see they do seem to be the side to catch um, based on the first half of the season, and they had a good good day on Saturday. Um, they when they when they win quite convincingly, they're the kind of side who will really sort of pummel side into submission, and, and they did that on Saturday. Um, Winning by 109 runs, um, Boulder SKLPC at 112, having posted 2-2-1 for nine. So um, they'll be really happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed SKLP only took 26 overs to get that 112 as well. So it sounds like they, were, they weren't hanging about. Um, hanging around. But maybe, maybe that was part of their, their doom. You know, I don't, don't know if that's what, uh, what caused their demise. Um, so Wickham House going well. Uh, Kenton uh, ch- still chasing them hard. Four points behind. Uh, another good win right against St. Newington. I mean, Stoke still struggling, aren't they? Um, they're finding life quite tough at the moment in terms of uh, the division. So Kenton, Kenton would have been firm and favourite going into that game, and they proved that with a with a victory, which was quite comfortable, eighty-three run defeat. Um, Stoke Newington one fifty all out, and having um, trying to chase down Kenton two three three for eight. So yeah, Kenton are still hot on the heels of Wickham House and seem the most likely side to catch them at the moment. Yeah. And Stoke Newington, as you said, I didn't quite realise what the gap is. He has 19 points from ninth, that's them, to Chiswick in eighth. I mean, 19 points, that's a significant margin with with nine games left. You've got to feel that they're going to do pretty well to turn that round, right? Yeah, it's not going to be easy, is it? No, not looking so good. Um, below them is are, are Ealing Hamwellians, and they were, uh, they were well beaten by London Tigers. But no Sammy Hyde, I'm getting worried. Now, I'm going to have to do some more in, investigation. So it didn't play again, right? Well, I'm actually there this Saturday, so I can dig ah. into that and find out where it's happened to him. Excellent. Okay. So I'll be reporting um, on our next pod. Yep, we, we need to hear about that. I mean, we, we did hear from Paul Smith in the week that he'd been doing quite a bit of research into um, into, into Sammy Hyder's batting, and, and, and more specifically, into number 11s. And, and he was interested to know who's the highest scoring number 11 in, in modern MCCL history. And it is Sammy Hyder by quite some margin, which... Made me think. So I never have seen him. Remember seeing him score more than about two. But if you bat at eleven yeah. every week for twenty years, and he, I think he would probably be the type of guy who might fight you for it. Um, then I guess eventually you're going to get a few edges. And and Paul's still working on 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 the all round stats. But uh, yeah, Sammy Hyder at number eleven was a long way ahead, which um, which I thought was quite quite interesting. You stood yourself in this division this week, right? I did. Yeah, they were entertaining game. Um, a piece of Alexandra Park played Chiswick. Uh, a really good game, actually. Uh, went down to the wire. I mean, coming to the last over, it was one of them games where anything could have happened, really. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I was imp- I mean, impressed with sort of both sides. Both played some good positive cricket. Um, some good some, some good batting on show. Uh, Chiswick batted first and sort of amassed 2-6-2. Um, three of their guys got 50s. The captain, Raph Semi, looked too good opening the batting, scored 50. Then their two guys, Milorda, sort of came along and paced their innings really well and sort of kicked on when they had to. Um, Seb Seb Air, 64 and Jordan Cahir 76 not out um, the wicket was sort of pretty sort of flat in some ways rapid out for a short boundary there as well um, very short sort of for one to cricket I would say right, okay. um, so Ali you know Ali Poe was always in the game you know just needs someone to actually get in and get innings and they, they had that in the form of um, one of their batsmen who, who I thought looked really good gripper actually Um Despite the fact they was missing some of their sort of superstar players, um, Yasin Hawa, eighty-eight. Yeah, they was missing um, Sean Gomez and um, Nippon Kadim Nippon, who are actually both Nippo, sorry, who are both playing for Portugal at the moment. 
Actually, I think it finished today in some ICC men's T20 World Cup Regional Europe qualifiers. That's a mouthful, sir. A bit of a mouthful, isn't it? So, <laughs> yes, yeah. I have to write that one down. Um, yeah, so yeah. So they both, they, actually, they lost today to Denmark. Hmm. Um, so Sean Gomez and um, Kilim Nippo, who's left arm spinner, will be back next week. So despite the fact they had probably two or three key players missing, they did put up a good fight. Um, well, Gomez, a lot of runs to be missing, hasn't it? He's been pretty consistent this season. Gomez, yeah. I mean, all accounts, spinners are beautiful as well. So, yeah, I mean, take them to that size. It's a big sort of loss. Yeah. Um, James Abbott, the captain, sort of got 44 batted really well. But um, Chiswick sort of kept plugging away. And in the end, it, it, um, AP finished 250 for nine. Um, I just want to mention while, while we're talking about them, I mean, it's the first time I've been there for a long time. Um, as a club, you know, they're, they're battling with the North London Giants. And I want to say that I'm talking about, you know, the North Mids, the Highgates, the Crouch Ends, the Hornsy, the North, North London, who probably get the core of any players that might move into the area. So for them to put out, which they did four sides on Saturday, is a great achievement. Um, you know, as I said, it's not easy in terms of recruitment from where they're based. Um, they probably miss out on quite a few players who probably want to play at a high level. Um, but as I said, to get four teams out, fantastic. But Jimmy Abbott, lots of praise from him as a captain. You know, really led the side well, despite the fact, you know, he bowled 20 overs, scored a good 44 as well. Um, got a nice way about his captains, which I was really impressed with. Um, and just after the game was all, very hospitable people, really nice group of lads. Um, good atmosphere in the club. You know, all the guys sort of came back. They had some karaoke taking place where one of the umpires was singing a song about their game and, you know, making everyone laugh and having a good sort of good crack. Do you have a go, Sean? Um, is, is it your thing? No, I had to go by then. Let's yeah. go by then, mate. It's there we go, mate. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then also this year I was told as well it's the 100th year of their annual trip to Kent, annual wow. tour. So, you know, that is some effort, isn't it? So, yeah, as I said, it's a club that's sort of hidden away. Um, interestingly, um, Keir Hoppy was also there on Saturday, and he said, despite the fact he was probably 10, 15 minutes away from me, he's never been there ever. So, so we're kind of ground, you probably don't even realise it exists. Um, but they're doing lots of good things there, so keep up the good work um, at AEP. Good to see, good to hear. And I'm disappointed you didn't go on the karaoke salad, but I'd have been in exactly the same position. There is more chance of health reason over than that happening um, to me. Um, good, good. And did uh, did Laura? Is it? I never know how to pronounce her surname. Yeah, Laura Rolls. Laura yeah. Rolls. Yeah, but she she was there. Yeah, she's yeah. a good scorer, isn't she? Brilliant. Yeah, superb scorer. Um, yeah, I mean, so so. On. I mean, to be honest with you, both scores are excellent. Um, she actually had an assistant with her as well, so that's quite impressive. Wow. That you've got two scorers for one game. The training, um, but yeah. Um, She's really, she, she's really good, very on, efficient on the ball, knows what's going on. So that's, that's always helps as an umpire. You've got scorers who are really know what they're doing. So, yeah, yeah all in all, uh, a good day. Although there is one sort of black mark against Laura. And, and you know, I'll be open about it. You've got, you've got to call a spade a spade. Um, she's committee member, you know. Sorry. I mean, what? Yeah, sorry. This definitely. Matty Watson's notes over, well, Yeah, she told me her husband's, uh, um, her husband's uh, panel umpire as well. Ah, okay. All good. Yeah. Very much cricket family. Although, sorry, Laura, if you're listening, please. I mean, there's not really much need to be to, to be going down that route, south of the Thames. But uh, another debate for another day. Great, uh, great team you're working with. But the sound of it sounds super. Uh, what was the tea like? Tea. Okay, I'm gonna be honest here. It was, the, the, the the content was good. Yeah. I'll say slightly lacking on on. Sorry. Yeah, the content was. I'd say just in terms of the, the portion sizes, maybe. But sometimes it's good to not have a big tea. So I, yeah. I, I was quite happy with that, really, because sometimes I do end up eating too much. Um, so maybe it was a tactic for them to make sure we don't eat too much. There's something in that, you know. Yeah. When, when I'm playing, I just can't eat that much. When I'm watching, well, I just 
Kylin. I'll, I'll have everything. But, um, but yeah, I, I do do hear that. Sometimes I don't need three portions of cake before I go out in the field. It's just, um, it doesn't quite sit. But um, but there we go. Um, cool. So in terms of predictions, you're on, you're on the money here as well, right? Wickham House? Yes, I said Wickham House. And at the minute, they're doing me, they're doing me justice and how the performance. That's good to see. Yep, absolutely. And Sahil, Curve, Matthew, when we, we had our prediction uh, pod, he said Wickham House as well. So um, he's, he's two out of two. Um, I said London Tigers, which is a million miles off. They are uh, they are in the bottom half of the table. And Robbo uh, from Actonian T said Kenton, which I think is an eminently respectable guess because the best two sides in that division do look as if they're Wickham House and Kenton. Um, now, in terms of Division 4, K-plus are still top. Um, and they, they lost a really interesting game against the um, ever-unpredictable Lanka Lions. It was pretty close, um, 181 versus 170. Um, a familiar name popped up for Lanka Lions and did quite a lot of the, the, the donkey work there. Those who've been following uh, their progress might not be that surprised to hear it was Salia Saman, who, um, of course, has played 100 or so first-class games in Sri Lanka. He scored 79 of their 181 and then chipped in with um, 4 for 50 uh, with the ball. Um, so quite an impressive performance there. Um Kishan Patel scored 60 for, 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 um, for K+. Plus. And, of course, um, you know, it is me singing the praises of Salia Saman, but they lost. So um, K+, plus will no doubt be um, but be over the moon with that one. And that sees them six points clear of um, of Besbra, who are on 65 points in second place. Um, particularly high-scoring um, game that, that caught my eye was uh, between Pinner Challengers, and uh, North London Muslims, who were in quite a close finish last week against Old Isle Worthians, um, Pinner Challengers three hundred three for eight of fifty, which sounds like a, a fair declaration to me. I mean, and they lost, um, but it sounds like a perfectly reasonable call to be making because North London Muslims got there. Um, they got three hundred seven for seven in um, forty eight point four, so they got there with eight balls to spare. So no hundreds, um, but two good solid batting performances and um, I think Pinner Challengers will be um, you know, a fraction disappointed how that one's panned out, particularly as North London Muslims are the side above them in the league. Um, you know, Pinner Challengers um, they, are, they are ninth uh, now and North London Muslims are eighth now so they swap places and that um, yeah, that result could have a uh, quite a long term effect on the division. Um, division 5 Sal, anything cool? Oh, I should say our predictions for Division 4. Um can you remember who you went for? Yeah, I said Besbra. They're second. Yeah, they're second, aren't they? I said that's a decent effort, that is. Um, Robbo and Sahil both went for Old Eyes of Worthians. They're third. Um, only one point behind okay. Besbra as well, and still only seven points behind K. So, you know, pretty um, impressive guesses. Mine, um, should we move on to Division 5? Does that make sense? Um, Go on. Head- <laughs> Headstone Manor, <laughs> who are. An- you know, maybe I've just read Hurtstone Manor wrong, but they're they're, um, they're they're tenth as the phrase goes, so they're, they're bottom. But um, but yeah, you know, I'd like to say it's a long way to go, but I don't think Hurtstone Manor are going to be win the league, so I'm sort of out of the competition there. Division five, um, what caught your eye there, Sal? Um, London Sporty, mm. five points to Willow Lever at the top, um, and a fifteen point gap to Swan Buffer in third. So. Yeah, they seem to be uh, the side to catch. Uh, they played bottom of the table, and as expected, they came out on top. Yeah. Um, scored two eight two for nine, and as as we know, Pride Park are struggling. One four four out. Um, Rizal Kabir scored seventy seven. Yep. 
Yeah, definitely a one-sided affair that, you know, as you'd expect, first to play in 10th. Um, not the case from second played third. Willow Leather um, played Swami Bapa, and that was very much a, a nip and tuck affair. 140 versus 126th. Um, Parampreet Singh, former former Twickenham player, um, who, who was um, quite influential last year for Willow Leather. He scored um, a, you know, a significant amount of runs. He, um, he, he top scored for them with 35, which in the great scheme of things is a, is a pretty decent effort. Um, and John T. Uh, Poniganti uh, took six for 26. So they're probably going to be quite um, quite sort of positive uh, 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 about, about you know, giving themselves at least a chance with, um, you know, with, with, with those guys performing. But um, I think it's a bit more to do with an implosion by Swami Bapa that, that explains the result because Swami Bapa only finished 14 runs short, but they were 123 for five at one stage, 126 all out. So um, despite the, the, the solid performances of Parampreet and, and, and John T, um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think Swami Bapa will be pretty depressed with that. Um, Shrikant Karai, skipper, um, uh, friend of the show, he's been on before. He's got 39 opening the batting, uh, but after him, things began to wobble and wobble and wobble until they stopped and, and they collapsed. So, um, so yeah, that, that's quite important in the great scheme of things because it means now that Swami Bapa are, um, are 15 points behind Willow Leather. So that's a game and a bit, um, a game and a bit to make up. In terms of Division 6, uh, Sal, what did you notice there? I mean, um, and is our prediction in Division 5? What do we say again? Are oh, I've, I've skipped that one again, haven't I? I'll take it back. Well, I predicted Swami Bapa, so they're, they're third. So I'll, I'll take that one, given the standards of my prediction so far. Um, you went for New Calypsonians. So they're fourth. But I don't think that was a bad, a bad go, because they definitely got the ability to win games. Um, and uh, they're not out of it by a long shot, but uh, currently sitting fourth. Um, Robbo went for Perivale, they're, they're fifth, and uh, Sahil did two. So in that sense, I'm, I'm doing all right in that division, but still only third. So it's still you with two and me with um, none. Um, division six? Now, I think you've got a, a story to be told in Division six as well, Sal, with your prediction. Well, you well, for... It's not my fault, they couldn't play by the rules, is it? Really? Yeah, they got deducted be... 70 points, yeah. You know, if they didn't do that, they'd be... Will they be top of the table now, Stallions? They would be joint second, one point behind London Superkins. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I should get some kind of, you know, I don't know. Not, as I said, yeah, but... We'll work on that. No, I, I, I hear you there. You know, we'll work on that. I mean, they also, they, yeah, they, they conceded in the match as well. So, they had the best of starts. Season. But they are kind of getting on a roll now, aren't they? And yeah. they've shown the form that made me pick them. Um, easy to win by nine wickets against uh, Tamil United. Bowled them out for 98 and got there. Chase down the total in eight overs, which mm. is pretty impressive. 103 and eight um, overs, yeah. Yes, that's not bad. So, you know, if you thought Joel Curtis was quick, they need to come see these guys back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so they are still on minus points. But, uh, as you say, Dan, they're on a run and only eight points behind Tamworth United, who are actually on zero. So, mm. um, Got a go. feel for Tamworth United. They're the only club in the entire league, with the exception of Stallions, who are on zero. So that that's, that's not just a case of not winning games, but not really getting very close either. So I, I hope things pick up for them just because you know, if, if folks are playing every week, then you don't want them to be getting absolutely annihilated every week. That's not good for the soul. So yeah, fingers crossed that, that things pick up there. Definitely. I mean, it's, as you said, it's great they're still playing. You know, yep. uh, no one likes losing. And even worse, no one wants to be on zero points, do they? No. Um, but, you know, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed and hopefully the first win will come in the next few weeks. We'll have to keep an eye on them. At the top, some celebration there. Yeah, oh yeah. well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah. At the top, well, um, it, it, it's looking a bit like a three-horse race and a close three-horse race because London Super Kings, United Sporting Club, 
and Youth Wing all won, and they're now on 73, 72 and 71. Um, Youth Wing's probably the most interesting of those results because they were playing fourth place Harrow Millennium, who were first um, the week before because it's so close. One defeat and they dri drifted down to fourth. And they beat him pretty convincingly. 165 versus um, 64. So Harrow Millennium have gone from being being top, looking good. Two weeks later, they're, at, they're now over a win away from third. Um, so, you know, things can change, change pretty quickly. And no doubt they'll be trying to spin the wheel and get fortune looking more, a bit more bravely on them uh, next week. Also, Dan, in that format, it's, it's, it's win only, isn't it? Win and, yeah. win and lose, isn't it? There's no time cricket. So, exactly. If you, so I get on a little run, you know, you can fight on the table, can't you, really? Yep, absolutely. It, it's much more straightforward to do that when um, when the draws are, are out of the game, as they are in Division 6. Um so in terms of top and bottom scores, what have you got? Just before you do that, are you sitting down comfortably, Dan? I don't want to make sure you don't sort of oh, faint. Go on. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I can't seat. fall off this chair. Yeah. Don't worry. Are you, are you sure? I don't want to be making calls to your wife and seeing how you are. Go on. Um, the wide count. No, no, we, oh, sorry. Stop. We're, we're I'm, glad you, I'm glad you've <laughs> given me the warning. Go on. Yeah, we're going to try and come away with this, but I think we've had our record in one innings this week. Go on. Sierra's Cardinals paid Bahani. Sarah's Cardinals delivered 76 wide. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, bowling straight, that's obviously the case, isn't it? Gosh, gosh. Um, I'm just trying to recall now, and that means, so Bahani scored 291, didn't they? So, okay, <laughs> 76 yeah. wides. Um, and CRS Cardinals didn't get it, I assume. Yeah, no winner. I mean, I will say in some of these in team defence, the wickets they do play are quite, they're tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, again, it shows how sad I am. I actually watched about five minutes of a game in that division earlier on today, and the ball's going everywhere. Honestly, yeah. it was going. There's one P roller next minute, it's going over shoulder height. Um, you've got to feel a bit for keepers as well, there. If, if a ball goes wide oh. and it takes a bounce, you've probably got no chance of catching it. Yeah, players are umpiring as well. That, take that into the equation as well. So, it's, you know, I think some of the figures are probably quite distorted, but as I said, yeah, 76 <laughs> is, is, I think that's our record this year, isn't it? Uh, certainly of the ones we've looked at and we haven't looked at every game have we but um, you know you, we can't go through every single scorecard uh, no. looking very detailed but I don't recall too many that are, are more than oh, that that's for maybe. sure yeah that's yeah. another 12 but, and a yeah. half overs yeah oh, God. and as you rightly said at the end of August it's going to be dark yeah and these these folks are going to be playing in, uh, in the play exactly yeah. they'll be getting their phones out yeah, absolutely. So, in terms of the predictions for for Div Six, um, yeah, Stallions was was your perfectly legit prediction and w would have been very close had they not had those massive points deductions. Uh, both me and Robbo went for North Holt Manor. I, I went because they provided an excellent cup of tea uh, when I did the Grand Challenge last year, and it was the best cup of tea on my my whole journey around Middlesex. And I'm uh, very appreciative of that. But that doesn't necessarily translate into promotion challenges. But they're they're mid table. They got 43 points. Um, and as you say, if they can win a few games and win this win-lose format, who knows? They may push up near the top by the time the season draws to a close. Top scores, low scores. Sal, what have we got? The top score we mentioned earlier on, 3-2, 3-4, so Hornsby v Stanmore of 61. Um, low score, we, again, we mentioned, actually, first seven this week. Normally, we sort of tend to go down to low levels in terms of these situations or these um, scores. But low score was yeah. possibly 49 all out um, against Harris St. Mary's. Yeah. Absolutely. In terms of the high score, it is worth pointing out. It's off to 61 overs. And of course, only the Premier League sides have the opportunity to play 61 overs. And that this is, is not a scientific process. It's just look, us looking for the yeah. highest number. And, and 3-2-3 in any book is positive. So well done to Hornsey for um, for that one. In terms of the top score in the league, I guess Hornsey's travels, right? It's the top score in that one too, not just first-level cricket. Yeah, 3-2-3 three, three again. Yeah. yeah. 
the, the lower score actually I like to have a quick chat on this because yes, actually yeah. so this this game here actually um so Crouch N six is captained by one of my opponents in my school, a guy from White Ludlow, lovely bloke, top man, really, really good guy. Um and his boys play at Crouch End, right. um Joe and Joe and Wilf. So actually I saw him yesterday, he said to me, Look at our score card for my game and it was actually this game. Um and I mean it's great stuff. I mean, you know, it's it's great when you see these kind of teams win Obviously, for Winchwell, it's not a great result. You bowled up for 20. But for someone like Mike, who, you know, just got back into cricket playing probably like maybe last year or the year before, um, his boys play with him as well. No one wants to do a job of being a sixth captain, do you? You've Oof. got the individual task um, to get players together. Sam's not even been second 11 captain, let alone being sixth exactly. 11 captain. Yeah, you know, he says you know, it's really tough getting players. You know, someone drops out, they suffer. Um, there's no sort of continuity in selection either, is there really? Um, Tough one. But so I'm delighted for him that they won that game. He also got a couple of wickets that day as well, actually. So he opened the bowl and took a couple of wickets. Um, so well done, Mike. Um, I'm really happy for you, mate. Um, and also to Crouch and Sixers, who, who had a really good win. I'm just loving the fact there's a league game involving two six elevens. Just fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, it's, it's just brilliant stuff. Um, and at least they bowled Crouch and out for 171. It wasn't as if it was like 290 for three versus 20, which we, yeah. we have had this season so um, good good the dig of the day is an interesting one isn't it because we didn't have anything that you would immediately think fits the genre where somebody's gained a losing draw and they're miles behind um, but your, your point about Ealing is probably the one that, that caught the eye there right Ealing ones and, the, and the, their last wicket stand yeah I mean like, as we mentioned like 22 overs is a long time to bat you know um, men around the bat must be really really tricky for, you know, for Christian Martin and Harry Stowe so um, to survive, and Harry Stowe, you know, I'm sure he'll admit himself. I mean, Christian's got experience of batting and it's caused some valuable runs in the past for his side. Whereas Harry may well be your sort of bona fide tail ender. Mm. Um, so for him to come and do that job, you know, they must be delighted with what he did. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't very really, doesn't happen that often. I mean, we had one last year, was it the year before? I think was it the Bush at, at North Mid where yeah. Steve Barnard and Ramon Brady sort of did something similar, maybe, maybe, maybe even longer. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, I can think of a number of games where something like that has happened, but in, in, in a reasonably longish career, probably no more than three or four. You know, for the last pair to, to, to bat out that long is... Um, and what I always worry about is they'll bat so long, then the last over, it sort of changes because you're almost there. And I think that's the real danger zone. The pressure just becomes so much more once you get around to the last 12 balls and, and particularly the last six balls. But Christian's been around a long time. He dealt with it. So um, losing draw to yeah. him. Yeah, cool head. Absolutely. Um Anything else we need to know? So, any cup action um, over yeah, and around the county? Yeah, I mean, so this this Sunday, yesterday, gone, um, we are now, now know who the Middlesex T20 champions are. It's Richmond. So, well done, Richmond. Well done, Richmond. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they progress to the next stage, which will be some sort of regional stage. I'm not sure whichever counties will be involved. It tends to be sort of like Hertfordshire and Essex and maybe Surrey, I'm not sure entirely. Um, they beat Crouch End by 27 runs in the final, um, 162 for eight. and. Crouch and one through five all out. Early on, we had semi-finals where Crouch and um, beat Bronsbury and Richmond beat Ealing. So, yeah, as I said, well done to Will Phillips and the, the side. Um, you know, if, if they get the Jersey boys back into the side, who I'm not sure, they must be back pretty soon. Old Julius Simarau and Drake Dunford. That's a decent side. You know, if they can get everyone available, yep. they'll go there with a chance wherever they go to in the next stage. Definitely got a chance. Yeah, particularly um, Simarau. I mean, crikey. I mean, he, he looks like a 20-20 player. You know, sort of, you know, a natural twenty twenty sort of prospect, given the way he hits the ball. So, yeah, I, I totally. But do we know when the next round is going to be? I'm not sure. You know, I will as soon as we find out. We'll, you know, we'll make sure that everyone's aware. 
taking place. But as I said, normally it's hosted by one. one club um, who's normally qualified um, and four sort of teams converge there and, and take part in the competition. So, yeah, um, you know, we, what we do know is it's not going to be easy. That you know, whoever you come across is going to be um, some really good sides. But, yeah, Richmond, as I said, I feel they have a chance going to the next stage. Yep, definitely. But I thought all four teams in whoever, whoever Richmond play on the other three sides will all know that there's some good cricket around here. It, no, this is definitely not going to be easy. So I think, you know, one of them's got to qualify. And if Richmond turn up, um, it could be them. Um, Conference Cup, Acton had a good day yesterday, right? Yeah, so Acton have gone through the quarterfinals. So congratulations to the whole inside. They beat Walsall and Thames, which is, um, thought you were neck of the woods. Good well, not you where you yeah. did, but we you know where your club is down. Yeah, I'm sure. Have you yeah, been absolutely. No one on Thames. Well. Yeah. Yes, I, I play football there and, and cricket there. It's a, it's a nice place to play. Yeah, Princey yeah, beat Hutton. So into the Excellent. quarters. I'm not sure when the draw's done, but I'm sure um, once that we find out again, we'll let we'll let listeners know. We will advise. Good, good. Um, so we, we move on. Um, second half of the season. Um, so that means, of course, for those who are not aware, that we simply have week one fixtures uh, reversed. Um, already pl- plenty of uh, interesting fixtures out there. Uh, in the Prem, we're going to have um, as I mentioned earlier, Teddington will be travelling to the Green to play Twickenham. We've got Hornsey, revitalised Hornsey maybe, certainly Hornsey who are confident about scoring runs. They'll be uh, walking 150 metres to play uh, at North Mid. Um, the one I'm looking forward to though, Sal, and I guess this is partly with the Twickenham angle, but Richmond-Hampstead. So 7th versus 8th. Yeah. Uh, I think both of them would be pretty keen to win that game because it'll it'll give them a, a pretty big boost up and away from the relegation zone. Any any hunches on that one? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, both score heavily when it comes to runs as well. Um, and with the week yeah. we've got forecasts in terms of weather-wise. Um, and the Jersey boys may be back, as you say. Yeah, Jersey boys back in, in the ranks as well, uh, which will be boosted by that. Yeah, um, I'm not going to choose who's going to win that game, but as you said, it's going to be a... Um, that is probably the most interesting of, of the lot, I suppose, in yeah. terms of how it could turn out. But yeah, as you say, week in, week yeah. out, fascinating fixtures in all the divisions. So, never, you know, look forward to Absolutely. next week speaking about what takes place. Yeah, and that, that's that was my going to be my final word of the week. Really, there's so much good cricket out there, folks. If you're not playing, get the kids. You know, get them get them down to a cricket ground. Have yourself a, a cheeky half of lager, and 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 you know, it, it really is good to um you know to to, to to go and see some of these players in action, particularly at the top end, because there's some great cricket around. It's easy for, to take it for. Um, for granted, I should say as well. If if you have the misfortune to come across either Sal or me, then do do make yourself uh, known to us. I had a good chat with a couple of the crate chain guys uh, on on Saturday at the Green. Um, we're, we're always keen to know more because we can only put stuff on the pod if we know it's there. So do talk to us if you uh, if you see us. Anything you want to throw in at the end, Sal? Or are we all good? Also, Dan, in your cases, when you turn up watch cricket, not just a cheeky half, it's some of the tea as well, isn't it? Because you you time it well, don't you? I know you've worked it out. Have you got like a contact that they can say? Turn up the next five minutes to get a nice bit of uh, Chevers Pie or where it was on offer. It's it's um it's sort of like a, a sixth sense. So I just know when tea's going to be okay, served, yeah. and um, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and you just cruise in, and of course you don't want to turn up right when tea's served because all the players are eating then. But about five minutes later, exactly. and then you, yeah. you know, you don't want food to go to waste, do you? That'd be bad for the, for everything. Of so, course not. Yeah, not at all. Always, not at all. always try and subtly land at the right time. My motto in life. Yeah. Cool. Well, have a good week, Sal. Um, are you on party next Saturday? I am, yes. I'm doing um, essentially Sammy Hyde if he's playing. But if not, I'm sure I'll see some of the oh, boys and find it. out where he's going to. So London, Tigers, Stoke Newington. Okay. 
Oh, well, I'm, I'm intrigued to know more. And um, of course, over and above that, go well. And we will we'll reconvene next week um, and talk about what week 10's um, delivered for us. Cheers, Sal. Speak to you in a bit. Brilliant, Dan. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.